purpose is to pray, distribute Bibles, and to give our personal testimony and witness of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done in our lives. As a member of a local church, all Gideons uh, visit local congregations just like today to let you know how God is using Gideons to share his word with the world. We are an extension of the local church and work in partnership with Christians just like you around the world. Our vision statement comes from Philippians 1, 26. And it says, one mind, one spirit, one vision, standing firm in the faith of the gospel. By God's grace, last year, Gideon's distributed over 100 million copies of God's word throughout the world. And since 1908, we have distributed 2.3 billion copies of God's word. Now let me give you an idea of how much 2.3 billion copies of God's word the New Testament. Let me, let me, let me try to give you an, an illustration of how much that is. A tractor-trailer truck will hold a full load, 250,000 of these New Testaments. That's a full load. 2.3 billion copies of the New Testament would fill 9,200 tractor-trailer loads of Bibles. If you were to line those, those tractor-trailers up bumper to bumper, it would go over 120 miles. That's as far as from here to Tuscaloosa, as far as from here to Atlanta, Georgia, or to Auburn, or to Chattanooga, Tennessee. But there's still much work to be done. We place Bibles in schools, hospitals, hotels, doctor's offices, nursing homes. We give them to police officers. We give them to firemen. We give them to military personnel. And tomorrow, a group of us Gideons will be going to Gadsden State where we'll be passing out copies of God's Word to students there. This past May was, of course, graduation time, and Gideons pass out Bibles during uh, graduations at local high schools. We were in one of the local high schools, and it was before the, the, uh, the graduation ceremonies had started, and a lady walked in, and I started talking to her. And I asked her, uh, if she were to die today, where would she go? And she just kind of shook her head. And I said, ma'am, can I tell you how you can go to heaven? And she said, sure. So I took a, I gave her a copy, and I took my copy of the, the Gideon Bible. And in the back of it, it has the plan of salvation. I went through that plan of salvation with that lady. And just before her son graduated from high school, she accepted Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. That's the power of God's Word. We, re we recently went to a McGuffey nursing home, and we gave out uh, Gideon Bibles there. And we had the, the opportunity to stop and share with the, 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 the patients there, and we've had word of prayer with many of those. 
That's the power of God's Word. The Word of God opens doors of opportunities for ministry, for prayer, and witnessing. The simple idea of giving a Bible to someone is an incredibly effective way to share the love of God. Many will never have the opportunity to own a Bible unless someone gives them a Bible. In some countries, the Gideon Bible may be the only book a child will have to study from. And that's the case in Ghana, Africa. Several years ago, uh, several Gideons went to Ghana and over a two-week period of time distributed 300,000 Bibles to school-age children. One of the teachers of those children said, I'm the reading teacher. They will read and understand this book because it will be their textbook. This little Bible is someone's textbook. There are over 5 billion people who do not have a Gideon Bible. At the, at the present rate, it will take Gideons over 50 years to get a Bible to everyone. The need is great. You may be wondering how you can help, and many of you already have helped. Thank you very much. The number one need and most powerful tool for Gideons is prayer. I was at the first service this morning, and Andy had a prayer for Gideon. Before I came up to speak, Andy prayed for the Gideons. Now, thank you very much. God bless you for that. The prayer needs are, we pray that, and ask you to pray for new opportunities and new doors to open to distribute God's Word. We ask that you pray for more, more men to join Gideon. We ask that you pray that God will continue to supply funds to pur purchase Bibles. We ask that you pray, and I know you do, for the salvation of lost souls. If God has placed it on your heart, I would ask you to consider, and many of you already have, a financial gift. Every Bible we give, every salvation story, is a result of your generosity and your compassion. 100% of what you give, or what you have given to the Gideons, goes to the purchase of Bibles. These little New Testaments cost about a dollar and thirty cents each. And Andy's uh, hotel Bible. That's what it looks like, right, Andy? You, you've seen them. Many of you have seen them. They cost about $5. The need is great. Thank you for what you do for the Gideons. Brother Sam, Brother Andy, uh, Miss Carrie has left. I appreciate y'all giving me the opportunity to share this morning about what the Gideons do. Brothers and sisters in Christ, thank you for your hospitality. I was in the Seekers class this morning. There's a great class with the uh, Ray Smith. And, and just so many people have, have, have come up to me and, and, and spoken to me and, and offered your hospitality. Thank you for your attention. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your support of Gideons. It has been my privilege and a great honor to be here in this worship service with you this morning. I wish you the best. God bless you. So before you leave this morning, before you leave this morning, be sure to uh, to meet Tim. He is amazing.
Uh, and I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, two speakers on a Sunday, how are we going to beat the Baptists to lunch? But we, you know what I mean? And, and, and I know some of you, that's why you're a United Methodist. But we will, we will do that. Um, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, I pray that you will give me the words to say this morning. I pray that you will speak through this message. Uh, pray that you will touch each one of our hearts and inspire us to have courage. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, I've been doing this series from a, a book. There is a United Methodist pastor by the name of Mike Slaughter. And uh, he wrote a book called God, Having God-Sized Dreams for Our Lives. And we've been doing that series on Wednesday night with the youth. And then we've also been doing that series on Tuesday nights at the Back 40 at our service that we do over there. Um, so a God-sized dream for our life um, is different than just a selfish dream that I would have. For, a selfish dream that I would have for myself would be, oh, I want a giant house, uh, I, I, anything you can think of. I want to have a great dinner every night, whatever it may be. I think about food all the time. So, but here is a God-sized dream. A God-sized dream is going to be something that honors God blesses others and brings me joy or brings us joy because uh, it's going to be that natural uh, thing that God has put a passion in us for. So honors God, blesses others, brings us joy. It's a God-sized dream. But what holds us back from having fulfilling God's dream for our lives is often the if-onlys. So we've been doing this series, If-onlys, and today we're focusing on if I only had the courage, right? And, and one of the things that stops me from having courage is those if-onlys, or I, I overthink things. I overthink everything. Am I the only one that overthinks all the time? Pastor Sam overthinks. Um, sometimes our overthinks us, stops us from doing what God is leading us to do. I meet with other pastors on a regular basis. And uh, recently, we've been sharing our call into ministry stories. And I've shared my call into ministry story uh, before here. And uh, I felt called into ministry at a young age. And when it was time to pursue that path, I did what I found out a lot of pastors do. I ran the complete opposite direction, just like, uh, just like Jonah did in the Bible. is a story I often tell when I talk about my testimony. So it's those if-onlys or what-ifs that stop us from pursuing what God is leading us to do. Some of us in this congregation currently have a nudging on our heart that God is pulling us to maybe help with something like the ladle of love, our food ministry here at the church. Or maybe you have a pool to help with caring angels, to see our shut-ins, uh, joining our amazing choir. Maybe you have a pool to do something like that. And sometimes that dream that God has for our lives this week is just loving that really hard-to-love neighbor. You know, the one that's kind of annoying, that drives you crazy. crazy. God may be pulling you or trying to get you to do that, but it's these what-ifs, these overthinkings that get in our way. What if I mess up? What if I do it wrong? What if no one will listen to me? Or if I only had more money or more time, or if only I was a better speaker, then I would do these things. So we're going to talk about Moses. And if you don't know who Moses is, just think of Charlton Heston, okay? Everybody knows who Moses is now? I said that in the early service, and a lot of people just stared at me. They said, I don't know who Charlton Heston is. So <laughs> Moses was supposed to be killed as a baby. Do you remember this in the story? Uh, the Pharaoh wanted all Hebrew babies to be killed. 
His mom puts him in a basket, and he's rescued by Pharaoh's daughter. And then he grows up, Moses grows up, seeing his very own Hebrew people oppressed and beaten, right? And when Moses is a grown-up, he ends up killing an Egyptian who was beating one of his very own people, a Hebrew slave. After he does that, Moses runs away. He, is, he runs away from the situation. Uh, he runs as far as he can, and he ends up marrying a girl and working for his father-in-law on his father-in-law's land. And here's what Moses learns. He learns that our abilities are past experiences. Moses had some rough past experiences, didn't he? He saw his very own people oppressed and taken advantage of. Those past hurts, that pain that he had, God is going to use that passion to deliver people, to set people free. Uh, and, and our hopes, our joys, God will use all of those things. Our everyday natural abilities, God can use those for his glory. So many years later, there's this burning bush encounter. After Moses has run and he is now staying on his father-in-law's land, working on the land. And here is what uh, God says to Moses, and this is their exchange at the burning bush, Exodus 3.11. Um, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Moses is scared. He says, God, I'm not qualified. I'm not qual qualified. And here's the thing. God is always redeeming and setting the oppressed free and doing these great things. And God just doesn't deliver the Israelites. God wants to use Moses. And that's the same for us today. When people are hurt or oppressed, God is wanting to use us to set others free. And then in Exodus 3, uh, 11 and 12, um, Moses is again going to make an excuse. Um, he says, God, I'm not, I'm not qualified. Uh, sorry, that's the one I just read. This next one, Exodus 3, 13 through 15. But Moses said to God, If I now come to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you. They are going to ask me, What's this God's name? What am I supposed to say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. Say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. Moses, I think there, doesn't even think he's spiritually qualified, right? He doesn't think he's fit to, to answer these questions about theology or these answers about God. Uh, he, doesn't, he just doesn't know what to do. And that's his next excuse. And then in Exodus 4.1, in Exodus 4.1, um, nobody's going to believe me. That's what Moses says. Moses answered, what if they do not believe or listen to what I say? Or they say, the Lord did not appear to you. So Moses is basically saying, what if I can't convince these people? I'm not credible. Remember that Moses had killed somebody in the past, right? He, he fled because he did something terrible. He's thinking, I've done some terrible things. These people are not going to believe me, right? Moses at one time was a prince, and now he's just a simple shepherd. Nobody's going to believe me. And then his last excuse, and this is the strangest way I've ever heard somebody say, I'm not a good speaker. Listen to Moses' words, Exodus 4, 10 and 11. But Moses said to the Lord, my Lord, I've never been able to speak well, not yesterday, not the, not the day before, and certainly not now, since you've been talking to your servant. I have a slow mouth and a thick tongue. Then the Lord said to him, who gives people the ability to speak? 
Who is responsible for making them able to speak or hard of hearing, sighted or blind? Isn't it I, the Lord? So here's the interesting thing about this book that I've been doing with the youth and, and the service of that morning. We're, we're talking about Moses, right? Moses. This is Moses' everyday workforce, right? The shepherd's staff. So he could, uh, he could fend off robbers with it, right? He'd get them. He could get a robber with it. He could, if he had a, uh, a sheep going astray, he could hook it and get it back in line. He's going up a mountain. He could use it to, to help him walk up a mountain. This is just an everyday, his everyday work tool. This is Exodus 4, 10, and 11. But Moses said to the Lord, My Lord, I've never been able to speak well. Not yesterday, not the day before, and certainly not now since you've been talking to your servant. I have a slow mouth and a thick tongue. I just read that one. I am not following my notes well. Sorry about that. Then Moses said to the Lord, um, What if they don't believe me or pay attention to me? They might say to me, The Lord didn't appear to you. The Lord said to him, What's in your hand? Moses replied, A shepherd's rod. The Lord said, Throw it down on the ground. So Moses threw it on the ground, and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped back from it. The Lord said to Moses, Reach out and grab the snake by the tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it. And it turned into a rod back in his hand. Do this so that the people will believe the Lord, the God of their ancestors, Abraham's God, Isaac's God, and Jacob's God, has in fact appeared to you. So I often tend to not do what God is leading to me to do on a daily basis because I focus on, well, if only I had this ability, if only I had that, then maybe, maybe I would do it, God. We make excuses, don't we? But look at Moses' life. His everyday common thing that he used every day is what God used to set the oppressed free, to deliver people. God was going to use his very common everyday thing. God was going to use Moses' past experiences, his hurts, his natural talents, the things that he had. God has already given us the courage to do what he's leading us to do. That dream that God has for your life, that dream of what God wants you to do this week, next year, God has already given you what you need. And if it's something down the road that God's leading you towards and you don't have everything yet, God will provide the ways to get there. So this everyday, ordinary thing is what God was going to use now. So just like Moses, I have ordinary, everyday things that God can use. That God can use for justice, to help others, to set the oppressed free. Um, I think about it, what are the things that I have, like a shepherd's staff, what are those? What are those common everyday things that you use that if you hand them over to God and you say, God, do something amazing with this, change lives with this? It could be a hobby, it could be what you do for a job, it could be, it could be ringing up groceries at Walmart if that's your job. God, how can you use this to bring people to you? How can I share your love through this? One of my hobbies is running. As you just heard, me and Tim have the same passion. God, how can I use running? How can I share your love? How can you do something extraordinary through that? So it's in these ordinary, everyday things that God can do amazing things. When I think of ordinary, everyday things, I think of David and Goliath. Just that ordinary sling, and God does amazing things, right? One of my favorite scriptures is 2 Timothy 1.7. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but one of power 
and of self-control. So here's what I'm, what I'm thinking as I'm battling myself to have courage. God, give me courage. What about all these what-ifs that stop me from having courage? So when we say to God, God, I don't have enough faith, I think God says back to us, you just need faith of a mustard seed. I don't have enough support, and I think God says, look around at your church family to all of us, right? I don't have enough love in my heart for the people that you want me to reach. And I think God's response to that is, spend time with me, and I'll help you love them. And if only I had the courage, if only I had the courage. And how can we build up our courage? I think it's reminding ourselves that God has already given us what we need to step out in courage. Those ordinary, everyday things, those ordinary talents, those ordinary skills, God can use them to do extraordinary. God can use my past hurts, my past experiences, for his glory. God can use those natural gifts and abilities we have, and then those passions, those things that we get excited about. God can use that for his glory. Let's just hand those things over to God and say, God, do something extraordinary. Use me, use us to set people free. Use us to help the oppressed. Use us to share the message of Jesus with others. Let's pray. Loving God, I pray for all of us this morning. I pray that you will teach us to have courage. I pray those areas that we have fear, that you will build that courage up within us. I pray that those everyday, ordinary things that we do, whatever it is, I pray that we can hand those over to you and say, God, do something extraordinary. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand and sing with us, Here I Am, Lord? Uh, it's hymn number 593. This is my favorite hymn. I love it.